dogs. Welcome back to another episode of Dogs Off the Leash. Dog Nation, it has been quite some time. We are still in the offseason, but it is good to be back. Uh, the dogs, there, there's no offseason as far as SEC football goes. And with UGA, that is the same. And we are here to kind of give you an update on where we stand. Keegan, how you been? Like, what are you hearing uh, as far as dog news goes? We've got some things to update on, some things to catch up on. But uh, where are you here and where are you at with the Dog Nation program? Well, I'm glad to be back, and it's good that we're doing this at the perfect time because Georgia is just racking up in recruits. And honestly, man, as plain as I can put it, all the Pistons are pumping on high blast for the Georgia program. The RPMs are high. The returns are great, and the investments may be greater. So the program is – you know, if we're looking at a boardroom meeting and we're at the top level executives and I'm showing you a chart, the arrow is trending to the right corner and things are exponentially popping off for us. So it's been pretty cool to be a part of and it's even better to check in with you here today and kind of give a status of all the good things going for Georgia. So what what would you like to start us off with and where where does your mind shift to in this uh beginning stages of another grand episode <laughs> as as dog fans know well um and as we like to always say it's a good day to be a dog and we've had a lot of days recently to say that uh, because what kirby is doing in athens with the coaching staff with recruiting has been absolutely nothing short of spectacular coming off a national championship you know it's easy to kind of get complacent and kind of fall into a lull and not have a whole lot not a whole lot to be excited about Kirby hasn't stopped not one bit and he's got the mentality of we're you, you, and it's so good to have a coach that leads the way with that mentality we're reloading we got some more kids who also win a championship we're not going to stop like as far as having the best coaches the best facilities and the best players here we are not going to stop and I think with the transfer portal that even adds a little bit more urgency than normal but I wanted to start with the coaches and the coaches that have helped us get to the mountaintop and have been paid um, to show our appreciation of that. Uh, starting with Todd Munkin, who got a raise to $2 million annually from his 1.25. Um, there are only three assistant coaches in college football that are making two mil plus, and Todd, Mon Todd Munkin has now joined that group. And the offense that he has led has landed players on first-team All-American, has taken a walk-on quarterback uh, now to a national championship quarterback uh, in Stetson Bennett. Um, if you look back at other Georgia teams before Mark, uh, before uh, Kirby Smart, a lot of my beef with our teams is we were really good offensively or we were really good defensively. With Kirby here, we've always been good defensively. With Munkin, now we have a complete football team. We've gone from averaging about 30 or so uh, back when Bobo was kind of in charge of the offense to now we're putting up about 38. I want to say it's 38.4, 38.6 officially. And honestly, with the weapons we have now this year, I'm looking at our offense to take a jump to about 40 points per game, which even if the defense takes a step back, that's going to be really difficult um, for us to beat. Uh, your impressions of Todd Munkin so far, do you like him? Do you like that we are extending him and keeping him around in Athens? How do you feel about him and what you see so far? 
Well, I feel like it's huge for, like you kind of mentioned, the status of the program, because I would say that Georgia has kind of like maintained a high level on offense overall for the last however long. You know, we had a few years uh, with Mark Rick, but I'd say for like, I don't know, the last 15 or so years, we've right. been at a at a B, B plus. And he was offensive but, coach. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that we've we've done pretty good on offense in general even when you know jim cheney was in there and you know even when uh you know uh it was either the last aaron murray years or the jake Fromm years mm-hmm. uh you know we've we've still been at a pretty high level um but college football has just shifted and like the spectrum of facts how well an offense is and how you even grade that kind of change so like we kind of stayed at that b plus level but our b plus performance was now more like curved back to like a b right and you know there became a new high standard because we were seeing like elite quarterbacks who are coming in this modern era of you know being developed from age 10 in their mechanics who so a lot of these top top guys are really like you know ready out the box for lack of a better analogy their freshman season and they're able to contribute at a high level so in the last like you know five years we've seen the kind of the fruits of that and then and you know even guys that had developed on like someone like a deshaun watson uh someone like a trevor lawrence good point uh, because it's the clemson ohio states and alabamas that we had to keep up with all these guys have had like elite QB play. And I feel like it's been a big factor. And if so if Georgia is going to like get that level of guy and, you know, take their offensive performance to maintain a national title contending uh, conversation, relevancy, like all the above, Todd Munkin is like a huge factor to anchor that in because we have what it takes to be elite on defense. Even if, the whole staff left. If Kirby Smart's there, best believe he's going to populate, find the right guys to to remake, you know, his system, his vision for an elite defense. So, like, the guys on defense want to stay. They want to be a part of it. The recruits want to be a part of it. It is paramount for the overall status of the program's, like, trajectory to have that OC. Like, there's so many good programs where you look at it, and I'm on a rant, that have you know the the lead head coach is is great and he's he's got a good vision for the program but because they're stagnant at oc or they're having an off year or whatever it can really like it can bring back the whole ship like you got to look at the elite programs like one of the best reasons that clemson has been elite is because they've managed to until this recent the year, the Brett too. Venables, the the yeah Tony Elliott, you know, top tier, yes, the, retaining top tier OCs to kind of anchor in the vision of the head coach. It's not, it doesn't just take a great head coach who has a great vision. You have to have the guys to implement it and to really hold you accountable and get your team clicking on all cylinders. And like that's something that you know Nick Saban has done really well of of uh, maybe changing from guys not doing so well. Uh, elevating the right, you know, part of his staff to be on an elite level. And then something now Kirby's having to face, you know, the attrition replacing guys who are at an elite level who are now, you know, hot commodities on the market of coaches. So, like, all this is, like, pertinent to Georgia's success. And, God, 
this might be the most long-winded big picture answer I've ever given, but like to answer your question on Todd Munkin, it is the thing that I look to that says that Georgia is going to be in this conversation for the next three to five years. It's who we have on the QB depth chart, who might be coming in, and the fact that Todd Munkin is here to oversee it for at least the next two to three years. So it's amazing. And I think that like Georgia is going to be in this conversation for a minute. And like when, like, you know, things like we talk about winning multiple championships in this decade being a realistic goal from like the fans per perspective. I think that's true even more now than ever. And uh, I'm very excited. I think that like, you know, we look at recruiting and we'll get into it. There's been a lot of like top level guys going with UGA in the last week. You know, one that many uh, even far distant fans will recognize the name uh, Arch Manning, Manning namesake. You got Peyton, you got Papa, you got Eli. Uh, you know, it's actually the the nephew uh, of from the from the one Manning brother that didn't go play pro. Uh, it's the genes are still there, and the seed was deep within it. Looks like, but Arch Manning is like a generational quarterback. He's an elite guy out of the box. Uh, and if we're going to land guys like that moving forward, keep the elite QBs we have, you know, just having the uh, confidence and the knowledge that Todd Munkin is going to be with us, uh, always standing for the next couple of seasons is an amazing thing. And uh, I, I think I'll lead you into recruiting now. But, yeah, it's just great for our program, and it really anchors us in for the next few years, I feel like. What are your thoughts, Chris? Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, Todd Hartley as well, because he did get a raise on top of Todd Munkin. And I think it's, he very much deserves a lot of credit for what he has done with our tight end room. So he got a raise from uh, 450K to 650K. Um, and now is the highest paid, highest paid tight end coach in college football. And when you think about the people he's already put into the league, the people he's already recruited and the monster that he already has helped create in Brock Bowers, um, deservedly, deservedly so. Um, Fitzpatrick just went to the – he didn't even get a whole bunch of time, but his blocking prowess and his ability to catch as a tight end, even though he doesn't have a lot of film, scouts still understand that and he still got drafted. Uh, McKinney, who came from Florida State, also got drafted in his one little stint with UGA. And then Isaac Nada, he was a five star. Don't think he had the career that he wanted or even could have. But I feel like if he would be in the system now, when we've really, really incorporated our tight ends, like as a focal point, he would have been a lot better served. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, a great tight end. And then you talk about Arik Gilbert, Brock Bowers, and um, uh, Darnell Washington now. Um, but speaking of Brock Bowers, I wanted to just mention him because there's news right now that Robert Gronkowski has retired from the NFL. Now, this will be his second time, so he might come back again. You know how Gronk is. He probably just want to go on a on a, <laughs> a little binge drinking trip to Vegas or something like that. He'll be back. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it's no thing. But all those fans, all the fans who are uh, fans of Gronkowski, we got Brock Bowers. So there's going to be another uh, Gronkowski, Gronkowski Jr. in the league in the next few years. And that's the type of talent that we're talking about. Um, so just wanted to shout out about that. And then, you know, Kirby's about to get the bag too. There's no coincidence that the front office at UGA, the, the administration, the athletic directors, all that stuff 
have been talking about Kirby's long-term contract right before they start hosting all these five-star recruits. It is strategic. It is um, smart to do, um, to give these kids like, hey, Kirby's going to be here for a while. What he's built now, he's going to be able to continue to do that because he just got the bag. He's probably going to end up being the highest paid, if not next to the highest paid coach in the SEC in NCAA football after this is done. So watch out for that. Um, but yeah. I also wanted to shift really quick before we hit recruiting to the all American list that Phil still put out. Obviously the, the people who make these choices, the all Americans, they're wrong all the time because I don't think we had many all SEC preseason or all American preseason on Georgia's team last year. And we ended up having the most drafted players of any school by a wide margin. So it just goes to show you how much they know, but it is kind of interesting to look at who they're projecting to be successful and who they're snubbing. And it's always good for conversation. So that's what we're here for. So let's hop into it. And I wanted to talk about uh, first teamers from UGA, Brock Bowers, as we've mentioned, and Jalen Carter. Keegan, thoughts on our first teamers, what you expect from them going, going into 2022? And do you like the picks for UGA as first teamers? I think those are kind of the obvious, like, basic bird's eye view picks. So I, I agree with them, and I think they're basic and obvious for a reason. I think that Brock Bowers kind of stands out on paper, and especially after the season he just had, and like, comparisons to the great Gronkowski. Obviously, anytime that's relevant, you're talking about someone that could be, you know, the, the, t- the top of the tippy top. And then Jalen Carter, the world's expectations for him, and just the kind of uh, prowess he's had and the success he's already had, the recruit he was, and then, you know, what his uh, his endearing teammates, you know, expect of him and think of him. So all that speaks true to me. But, you know, I think the funny thing is, and uh, I'm laughing at myself because I'm getting all philosophical again, but it's like the, the guys that are kind of those obvious – stand off the page dudes, the impact players with the white circle underneath their feet. Those guys, they're they're the people that teams tee up on. You know what I mean? Once it's real obvious, you know, Jalen Carter is going to be double teamed more. Brock Bowers is going to be, you know, uh, looked at way heavier this season than he ever was last season. Teams will not be surprised by Brock Bowers so much. So, to me – uh, as great as that is, as awesome as that is, I would not I would not be the slightest shocked if they had great seasons, but I would I would not be surprised, I would say, that if you know it's a Robert Beal or a Nolan Smith or uh Eric, Eric Gilbert or Darnell Washington or uh, you know any anybody that's on the periphery who's looking to have a big season this year, you know, like you said, these the pre, I think that's a very pre, a very accurate preseason depiction. But I think the way things play out is oftentimes it's those kind of guys that uh, give opportunity to the other dudes, and potentially, you know, we might be looking at one of those guys. You know, have both of those guys I think would have great seasons, but I would not be surprised at all if our first team All Americans are one of these dudes that is going to get a better look because our opponents would be cued in on those kind of first tier names that they, they should be. So that's, that's kind of my two cents on that. What, who else are we looking at for the second team and third teams? Great, great point about the first teamers. And um, just to mention, I think that the way our offense runs, Todd Munkin, he's not really like, Hey, we have this star. Let's just go to him, go to him. He's more of a take 
what the defense gives you. And a lot of times that that fell to the benefit of Brock Bowers last year. But it could easily be where key, uh, teams are keying on Brock Bowers or teams are double teaming, double teaming Jalen Carter, like you're saying, so Nolan gets some shine. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw like a Tyke Smith, who's already been an All-American in his career, yes. end up at the end of the season as one. Arik Gilbert on Eagle. the other side, because if you double Brock, guess what? You got a monster on the other side. You can't, you yeah. can't have it both ways. Or even, um, again... At UJ, the running back is always going to get some consideration as all SEC or all um, all American if you get enough touches. And Kendall Milton is the closest thing to Todd Gurley that we've had since. The only thing that may keep him off the list is uh, Kenny McIntosh, the Kenny and Kendall show. These running backs, I, I mean, no disrespect to Zemir White and James Cook. Their their physical traits, I really thought that they were going to be a lot better running backs. And not to say that they weren't great, but I'm I'm telling you as far as talent goes at the running back position, Kendall Milton and Kenny McIntosh will be just as good, if not m- much better. Like I'm telling you, they they are some serious running backs. So not going to have any slippage there if Milton stays healthy. Um, but the second team, I did want to mention that uh, Keeley Ringo and Christopher Smith both, both got some shine. Keeley still... He's still up on everybody's list because of the pick six after Alabama, and rightfully so. But let's not forget, he was getting targeted most all season. You know, so while he's a, a five-star that came in and he's going to be great for us next year, like, he had to take his lumps, you know, before he got to make that historic play that'll forever live in infamy. And then Christopher Smith started off our season with a pick six uh, against Clemson. So both of them, you know, like, they're still living off of the highs of what they've done, and rightfully so. That's fine, but definitely expect Tyke Smith to come in and make his presence known at the other safety spot. Uh, and then I believe the third team was Warren Erickson. And again, another player who deserves it. But what if Tate Ratledge comes back healthy and takes his spot? Or Marius Mims comes back and takes his spot? You know what I'm saying? So it just shows the depth of what we have at the offensive line. Uh, Broderick Jones, left tackle. Warren McClendon, Sam Van uh, Pran at center. Like all of them are worthy of an All-American spot compared yeah. to Warren Erickson, not taking away anything from him. But, um, um, yeah, so whatever. I don't even care about these lists. And, it's nice to see, but uh, go ahead with your thoughts. And then, you know, running it back to the running backs, just taking in what you're saying, I agree with pretty much your whole uh, assertion of the situation. I would also say that, like, I would not be surprised at all if we're talking – I mean, you know, Deshaun Edwards is another great Deshaun, player, but, yeah, like, I, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, someone that I'm really looking at, and it's crazy because it's like you look at a team so stacked, you're waiting on the <laughs> Dude, your the favorite freshman, player. Yeah. yeah, you're waiting on your favorite player for the last three years that you've been following since a recruit that finally yes. be a junior and then cheer for him. And then some, you know, some freshman comes in who's amazing. So it's like it's it's hard to really like, you know, we like who we like, we cheer for who we cheer for, but it's hard to really like stack out on who's really going to pop it off because Georgia's constantly pulling in new faces. And so one of those talent. I'm looking to so much. One one I'm really looking to is, uh, you know, Branson Robinson. Yeah. Uh, Nick Chubb. You know, he, he's, he's a guy who liked Nick Chubb when I saw him, um, you know, just just really blew me away. His physicality just looks like a beast. You know, he's just like jacked and just able to move at a level that guys. Yeah, there's plenty of dudes that are that muscle bound and big, but there's not that many that have the explosive level and the, the ability to get that weight underneath their pads 
and hit low like they should. Like the dude's a beast. <laughs> he's, he's a beast. He's, he's a monster. He's, he's, he's a beast. He's like a little, uh, like a shorter Derek Henry kind of guy. Like Bro. he's just a tough. No he, he reminds me of like a taller Mark Ingram or something. Like he's he's one of these dudes that he's almost NFL is, ready, like looking already. And that and that's like he hasn't even gotten to the strength program yet at UGA. You know what I'm saying? Right. He he. <laughs> He's he's one of those guys that hey, hey bro like take a week off like you're, you're <laughs> yeah chill like, my dude yeah, go, go do go do Pilates like you, you can't got max out muscle. every week yeah you can't max yeah, all like, the time he's he's like oh no this is my warm up set dog like you're like fucking I'm repping this like <laughs> like he makes people he just makes like strong ass D one running backs feel like how uh. Kobe made players feel yeah. like when they they're they're waking up, he's getting back from his second workout. They're like, "Yeah, what do you do? What are you doing, bro?" Like, he makes hey, bro. really strong yeah. people look not strong. Yeah, Simply exactly. Put, so, like he's a he's a monster. So it's hard to say because, like, to me, I'm I'm not I'm not, I'm kind of gauging my talent evals. Like, maybe if I could really like knock down that I'm good at this, that like you know maybe I should be into that. But like to me, he reminds me of how I felt about like Nick Chubb. And every now and then you see a guy who's kind of built on the bigger side uh, have issues like maintaining balance and just like being able to read like they were. Right. They don't, they don't have at a high school level. Yeah. They don't have the vision and the elusiveness because they haven't had to use that. And as a good running back, you need to be well balanced from college on. You can't just be strong. It's that's not going to work. That's not going to work. you see that sometimes get people, but my thing with like watching Branson's film, like watching like uh, B Rob, like he he's able to to quick shift, and he's 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 not like short by any means, but he's got that like that torso center of gravity, that low center of gravity. Right. Yeah, he's a little bit more compact, where balance isn't as much of an issue, man. I would not be surprised if he becomes like our bruiser, kind of like oh y'all thought y'all. <laughs> you want more like you know like the lightning thunder thing stuff. yeah the lightning yeah, we'll, thunder we'll, thing that we've had we'll see before. but i mean but it, it just goes to show that we're at least like and then uh we have you know some other guys in the depth chart i'm like blanking on names but i know we got that one kid from texas we've got a ton uh, aaron paul I, you know, I, no, aaron, aaron paul, paul yeah is that his name aaron, i'm not thinking of paul. that Paul. Paul, I'm, yeah, Paul. I'm not thinking about the actor. Yeah, that's yeah, you are. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Bitch. Paul Paul. So- <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can't let him get away with it. Um, he's got he's got eligibility. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I went back and I was watching. He walks he walked on. Like, hey bro, hey, you put this motherfucker to the test, you'll will uh, pop out, he'll pop up out a trunk in his but, quick on But no, dude, you make you make a great point. Like again, and what everybody wants to say, they did it to Alabama every year, and like they're doing it to us now. Oh, Georgia lost this and this and this in the draft and to eligibility, yada yada yada. You're forgetting about the way we're recruiting. Brock Bowers, who was Brock Bowers before his freshman season? No one was thinking he was going to come on the scene and just like take over. Even Nick Chubb, his first year, like it's funny how quickly no names become house household names. And that's what's going to happen, especially on the defensive side for UGA. And I want to just mention this before we hop into recruiting, because Michael Williams, any of the DBs, we have so many five star talented freak DBs. It's unreal. It and I wanted to mention this, too, like right now we're DBU or we're going to be DBU right now. We're tied into you. 
after that draft, we could be called linebacker you. And normally Georgia is running back you. Eventually, they're just going to have to call us just football you overall. Like you can pick whatever mm-hmm. major you want and take whatever courses that you need to, but you're going to leave here like with your masters. Because at this university, we play football at every level. It's it's nuts. And that is due to recruiting. And um, say your little say your little part. And then I want to hop into the recruits that we've landed recently and then who we are expecting to land before this crazy summer ends. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. And I think the thing that a good program does well is that they don't just recruit on a high level. They get guys necessary for the next um stage of their team and they're looking down the line okay you know we're getting a little old at this position we're going to need some youth let's go ahead and make sure we get this you know position kind of shared up so by the time they're sophomore junior we're square with them so I think that Georgia at this point has done it perfectly because Kirby's been a part of this you know he's had been the head coach for long enough now to kind of think things out in a master plan way and I don't know you know, I, I bet you Kirby does have a master plan. I bet you he is thinking like this. But the thing I like that and that will lead us into recruiting that I'll mention on is like we are playing a totally different game this year now that we're in in a state where we, we are the national champions. Um, but not just that, we, we have our program built up on to a national championship level, which I think is way more important. Like you can you can go uh you know, what well, you know, they could throw either one of us out there on the right play. We might get lucky and score a touchdown, you know, but like to, to be able to be competing in and out every year, that's the a totally different thing. The foundation yeah, so versus George, players. Exactly. So Georgia's got the foundation and, uh, you know, they've, they've looked at the foundational elements and facilities. They've looked at the foundational elements in the staff, like we just mentioned. They, you know, we're about to talk about another foundational element recruiting nil yeah yeah yeah. fan base expectations like all these things really set a program on another level and you know we're having more fun than anybody and that's what i like about all this is that the you know the fans are having a lot of fun uh the coaches look like they're having fun the recruits want to be there bros yeah like they're they're, Um, they're literally bros they're literally a family in that building and the recruits see it and they love it i love it I love it. I think if you throw, unfortunately, if you throw enough money at any program, if you if you just throw billions at, uh, you know, gosh, who's someone on the fringe? Uh, kind of like, uh, kind of like this. These the uh, live Missouri. golf guys. They're just throwing money at everybody. Yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> they're yeah, literally exactly. just throwing yeah. money at everything. Well, let's say we put like five billion into Missouri's program. We build them up a super pro. Like, dude, like Missouri is gonna have a top 10 program in the next like they're going to be there if you put right. five billion dollars into that program that would be unparalleled i'm just giving a ridiculous amount right because people are going to start example. going there yeah like no surprise. yeah like so like like texas a and acting like overnight like oh y'all just became a, a great program overnight like get out of here like we know how it goes like you're throwing money at it and you got the best yeah, recruiting exactly. class like we we know that but can you sustain that when it's not all money or when other people have money is the thing for texas a and because nothing's guaranteed. Exactly. Like nothing's guaranteed. When you have a, a high enough level, you can uh, you, a couple of transcendent players will take all the money out of the equation if like one team's equal and they had to pay to get there. It's it's not like nothing's really guaranteed. So my thing is, is like I'm proud of Georgia and I'm glad they did it. 
And I kind of expected that they would at least have a chance of doing all this. But what excites me the most is that Georgia is having a ton of fun while doing it. And the, the vibe is, is that the players want to be a part of this foundation that's been built, which is even better for my confidence of the program than anything else, like any of the money or any of the accolades or the championships or whatever, like the fact that, you know, we just had a Super Bowl winning quarterback, the number one pick in the draft. And, you know, people just want to be at Georgia. So recruits are really getting into it and they're wanting to be a part of it. And we are racking them up, buddy. Cheeto, what, what have we, what, what, what can we share with this audience for those who have not been paying any attention? But I mean, if you're not paying attention, as we're talking about foundational pieces, like you've got NIL and all this stuff coming into it and facilities and all that stuff matters. It, it matters to recruits, no matter what they say, when they're getting interviewed, it matters. But what you're starting to hear from UGA recruits, and we'll talk about those guys, is Kirby and them have instilled like, hey, do you want to just get some NIL money here now? Or do you want to come to UGA, get a great education, get a degree, get developed, and go to the NFL like you're seeing all of these guys that we put in and get a real big contract to hell with NIL. You want, you want to get that rookie contract as a number one and then get that big money contract after that. And that's generational wealth. So you can pick if you want this little NIL Texas A&M money, you're, that is your choice and you can do that. Um, and I love that message to recruit because it shows, hey, you'll get some money coming here, but we're about football here first. We're about football here first, and this is the foundation that we've set. And some of the most recent recruits to respond positively to that have been the recruits that we've landed in the last week or so. Uh, most recently, C.J. Allen, four-star linebacker from the state of Georgia. He was a high-priority guy. Uh, Glenn Schumann was in particular excited about this. And honestly, any linebacker recruits that want to be the best in the country should be excited about Glenn Schumann. He's one of those next coaches. Just look at his track record, uh, the Monty Rices, the Roquan Smiths, uh, the Nicobe Deans, um, and then Quay Walker, Tyndall, all these guys who weren't even talked about. Going before Nicobe Dean, to me, was a surprise in itself. So he develops, and this is going to be another one. This guy, C.J. Allen, used to play running back. You're not getting away from him. He, he's a monster, and uh, he chose Georgia over Tennessee, and a lot of times – that changes the course of the SEC East when you just take a recruit from a potential rival. Sometimes that's what it takes. Um, also, A.J. Harris, five-star DB out of the state of Alabama. You've got to expect he's going to be the type Alabama and Auburn are going to push hard to get. He's coming to UGA. Fran Brown was a big part of that. But you can also thank Kirby Smart and Will Muschamps, who work particularly hands-on with the DBs. And again, the DB room for the next five years plus. We are going to be DB University. LSU is not going to be able to hang on to that title. And then also, I didn't even know this was possible, but I wanted to mention Peyton Woodring, five-star kicker. I'm not sure how you get to be a five-star kicker per se, but this, this kid is. He's from Louisiana, Lafayette, Louisiana in particular. And um, uh, again, Dude, kickers aren't sexy, but they can win, win and lose I, you games. I, and, think, uh, hey, I, think we're getting I think we're getting trolled, bro. I think, think we're so? getting trolled. I think that's honestly what it is. I think we're getting trolled because I looked. And, I looked so hard. And, I could not find one. Not one recruiting service has this man as as a five, a five star. star. You sure? But I will. I will say this: that he he's like at like ninety eight percent for kicking his uh you know on the kickoff going through the field goal. So he's definitely got an elite leg. And uh, yeah, could not find it, bro. So we'll have to stay tuned on that. We'll report back. But I think we might be getting trolled. But 
I'll look back. How's okay. this? Well, I, 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 did, I did some homework. I'll stand by that. If we're getting trolled, this, I'll eat that. But this, what it says here, well, per Cole's kicking rankings, per Max Preps, per Dog Nation, it says five-star. So we'll this, just leave it there. This, I, well, I'll say this. If he is a five-star, <laughs> remarkable man. because <laughs> I didn't know how that was possible, I, though. Bro, I look back 15 years on 247's recruiting website to look at each position for kickers for the last 15 years. The best one for the – last 15 years each year at most is a three-star so yeah, that's why i didn't even know it was a thing i think he might have a, a a prosthetic leg and it's and we and there might be a rule change after he's a part of the dog he's nation, a cyborg but. he's a cyborg <laughs> but anyway we'll keep going keep going but yeah, okay okay no no no. but yeah so we'll we'll find out we'll we'll give you some uh we'll give some uh i think conclusive I think on that one at some point when Georgia recruits you, you just get a star. Our you five stars are star. six star. You know what I mean? Either, either way it goes, that that the recruits that we've landed this week has put us at 12 recruits overall. And Georgia is currently uh, number three in the rankings. I know it's it's a big deal to some people uh, to win that. We don't need to win that per se because we're always top three, top five. And I'll take our players over the players in a lot of higher classes than us anyways most of the time. Yeah. Um. But what I'm hearing on some of these boards – it was a Tennessee fan that it turned out to be, but he had the nerve to come in here and say that because, because of NIL, because of NIL solely, UGA won't be, won't finish top five in recruiting. And while I kind of gave his argument a little bit of validation that that'll make more players in the game, you know, not just Alabama, but you got Texas A&M, USC, Oklahoma, like sure, 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 sure. But I couldn't figure out what made him, and he put Tennessee in his top five. And that's why I did my homework. I couldn't figure out why he thought, that Georgia wouldn't who what five schools are going to recruit better than UGA we haven't even talked about uh what the Aguero and Arrow Arch Manning uh some of these other five stars that have that are visiting this weekend last week and the weekend before that I just couldn't figure it out but it turns out he's a Tennessee fan and he was just salty that he lost out on CJ Allen and other players so I mean there's there's a a room for conversation that some of these like old-timey traditional programs that have had success will be bad massive Massive fan bases will be better because the NL money, uh, they, they have money, more money, more fans, more money. So you got more but fans. Better than us? As if no. we have no money, like out of the blue? like as, as if these players don't enjoy like playing with each other and actually like football and coaches. Like exactly. as if as if every player is just going to give up their love for the game because they, there's money involved. Now right. it's going to, some it's, people it's will. Sure. Yeah. It's some people will stay it. home for the money for the, you know, like hometown cooking, like that's fine. That's, that's okay. Well, look, let me tell you this. If, if, uh, if, if we were reversed and in Tennessee had had a ton of success for the last six years and they just won a national title and we're like on the fringes, but we got this tradition that we're relying on. Would you rather get to a national title or fuck that? Excuse my language. Would you rather be a part of the conversation and be a part of the competition because you paid your way to just have so many more players? Or would you actually want your program to be built up to something that's right? And again, the money's good, but playing with you, playing with people that you've played with your whole life, having a chance to be a legend, a title winner, and going to the NFL, like, it's going to take more than just throwing bukus and money because again, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Michigan, uh, USC, all these programs, they have money. They you're going to have money. Like one booster can like, Hey, go get this five-star crew. I mean, can do that. But like, has anybody what are ever you watched, trying to do? Yeah. It's like, have y'all ever watched pro sports? 
like, I mean, sure, lots of times the teams with the most money can buy themselves into the conversation. But at the same time, yeah. You got to put it on the field. You can't buy your way into the championship because that that's, we see it all the time. We see it consistently that teams that have the most money, that pay the most for the players, get, they can pay for getting in the conversation. But to get into the championship, it takes the other element. So, like, you're not going to just – you can't just suck for the last 10 years and throw a billion dollars at it and expect for it to be good. Like that's why I like where Georgia's at because we are throwing a lot of money at it. Right. And we got the other element, which is that it's a hot place to be. Like people want to be in Athens playing for Kirby smart. Like he's just a way cooler dude. Like the cult of personality is real with this guy. Like people really like Kirby. And beyond that, it's like people want to don the red and black, be a part of something, the success and the uh, the coaching that is going to get these players to the next level and, you know, just a great program to be a part of. Like, no disrespect to any of the other programs on the rise. You know, they, they all might have good things going on, but, like, NIL is going to affect this sport, but it is not going to change it to the point where good old-fashioned preparation, competition, and performance wins it on the field. Dog Nation, we, we appreciate the time. Um, a lot of news is going to keep coming as far as recruiting goes. Expected to pick up until July, and we'll we'll keep you updated on names as they come. Just wanted to give you an update on the state of the program. Uh, thanks for joining us, and as always, guys, you know what it is. Off the, Off leash. the leash. I do it for the dogs.